was fun. I can talk fast when I want to. I'm coming. I don't know what the man's doing. Um, so uh, we today are talking about biblical trust. Uh, Matt and Jen talked about uh, relational trust. I don't know if that was the title exactly, but about trusting people. And we're going to talk about uh, trusting God this morning. Now, I did a lot of the research. Do you have a PowerPoint or something? No. Oh, okay. But I'm just trying to get this slide to stay up there. Okay. So uh, I did a lot of the research for this, and Tim said, well, a lot of people haven't heard you preach, so I'll probably let you do most of it, and I'll just interject my thoughts, which is good. I mean, I like his thoughts. Like right now. Okay. So um, trust is mentioned, since we're talking about the biblical foundation or basis of trust, Trust is mentioned 157 times in the New American Standard version of the Bible. Okay? Um, and it's interesting, i just share this little bit of tidbit while you collect your thoughts, but uh, the middle verses in the Bible, and I know what the very center verses in the Bible are? Um, Psalm 118, verses 8 and 9. Very center verses. Okay, they say this. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in men. Yeah. Or it is better to trust in God than it is to trust in men. Verse 9 says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. So that's Psalm 118. Now write this down so you'll know next time and you can, you can impress other people with this knowledge. The center verses of the Bible, Psalm 118 verses 8 and 9. And it talks about trust. Interesting. So, oh, were you going to have that? Did you have that on there? I did. I guess I should have looked at the notes. Yeah, maybe. Actually, I looked, but I didn't read it. It's all good. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it's all good. So when we... Uh, See, you won't have to do that part. I won't have to do that part. You did it for me. That's good. Um, as we... Uh, we're talking about what we are going to speak about today, Tim and I. Um, he had this verse that came to his mind. Well, this is what I think of right away. And I had this initial verse that always comes to my mind. If you say the word trust, this is the initial verse that will always come to my mind. And it is Psalms 22, 9, and 10. And all of these, I, I did all of these in New American Standard Bible. Um, I usually preach out of the New Living Translation, but I honored my husband because this is his favorite version. And so that's what we're, we're using today. Verse 9 says, Yet when you were brought, wait a minute, yet you are he who brought me forth from the womb. You made me to trust when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. 
Now, I had no idea, and I've been a Christian since I was five years old, so a long time, and I've been in the Bible for many, many years, but I never realized that they attribute this verse as like a prophetic verse for Jesus. Jesus is God, came as flesh, all right, but he learned to trust while he was at his mother's breast, all right? I maintain, I have five, we have five children, we have five children, and I maintain to you that that time of infancy of holding your child so close produces trust in them. I was, I was one of these parents that whoever the baby was, they got help the most. All right? Continually. Yes. Because this verse, I learned to trust at my mother's breast. So whether, whether I was nursing or whether I was holding them, the, the baby was close to me, to my heart, and they learned trust at that time. Were you yes. going to say something? No. Oh. When, this, oh, quick story. I have lots of stories. All the kids know I have lots of stories. I tell stories all the time up in school. All right. And so, but when we, we, have, we have five, okay, and, and Benny, Benny's our number five, all right, and um, we went to we belong to this organization called Evangelical Church Alliance. That's who Tim was ordained with originally, and we went to this this uh, conference, uh, this one day conference, and I had Ben. All right, all the other four kids were at home, and we had Ben, and I'm holding Ben, and I'm holding Ben, and I just hold Ben wherever we went. I held Ben because that's what I do with my kids. And some people came up to me and said. Oh, honey, this must be your first child, you know. I was like, oh, no, he's number five. And they went, oh, all right. But see, I really, really, really believe this scripture, that that is when trust is, is built into a child. You'll find, you know, the studies that they have about, about you know, babies and things. I mean, if a baby isn't touched and a baby is left alone, they have failure to thrive, and eventually they'll even die. Because we need human trust or touch, and in that touch, we we produce this trust, so that as as the children grow, okay, and they may not understand it with their head, but they understand it in their spirit. They know that they have a basis, they have a foundation of trust, and and I just think that that's really important. So I'm a big, now, you know, with my grandkids though, I don't hold them that much. You ever notice that? I guess I got my fill. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, so um, that that was the first verse that I thought about. This was the first verse that you thought about. Yeah, the first verse I always think about when I when I uh, hear the word trust is uh, Proverbs three five. Okay, which says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart." And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. So, um, I always like to notice and point out in this scripture that it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. It doesn't say, before you become a Christian. But once you're a Christian, then you can trust in yourself. Okay? So, um, our dependency, our trust, our confidence 
needs to be, because those are all definitions of the word trust, to have confidence in. Mm-hmm. Our confidence must always be in God. In fact, just another little, I, I looked and looked and looked and looked and looked and looked, and I hope you don't, I'm not, but I could not find a whole lot of scriptures that talked about trusting in man or any, any man. So now it's interesting because those verses that I mentioned, Psalm 118, it said it's better to trust in the Lord than to trust. It doesn't say don't trust in man. It doesn't say don't trust in the princes. It just says it's better to trust in God. In other words, he's got to be our first and foremost trust. Okay? So. In Psalm 9.10, it says, For those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not abandoned those who seek you. Now, this knowing here is not, I mean, I know a lot of people. I do. You can, I can go to West Toledo and run into somebody I know. Because I just know a lot of people. She can go to West Virginia <laughs> and run into somebody she knows. Right? But this knowing, it is kind of funny. <laughs> this knowing, this knowing that they're talking about here is, is an intimate knowledge of him. Right, and it's listen. It's recognizing the character of God. See, when you know someone, you recognize their character. Right? There's people that you know, and you recognize their character, and you might stay a long ways away from them. My sermon over there this morning was about about how you should reply to people. <laughs> Sometimes God has to go over my mouth, so I don't reply wrongly, okay? But there's people that you know their character, and you're going to stay away from them. But listen, when you know that you know that you know that you know that you know the character of God, you can trust in him. You have walked with him long enough that you know that he will never leave you, he will never forsake you. You know that he will never, ever let you down. You know that when you have your last penny in your hand and he tells you to give it to somebody, that he's got a dollar to replace it. All right? So so when we know God, when we recognize the character of God, then we will put our trust in him. When you're a young Christian, it's hard to trust God sometimes. There's things in this book, you know why I carry my Bible? I like to wave it at people, (laughs) okay? There's things in this book that you read them, how am I going to do that? Bless those who persecute you, why? Brother, not God. (laughs) Huh? Give to the poor and needy. Well, I'm included in that today, (laughs) right? I mean, there's things that he tells us to do, and it's like, and it's like, unless you've found that he is faithful, and unless you have found that he always keeps his words to you, it's hard to trust him. But then as you see and see and see over and over and over and over again how he has been faithful to you, it's easy to trust. But you have to know and recognize his character. 
So, in talking about this character, and uh, in in spite of what I just previously said about, you know, not trusting in man, uh, the truth of the matter is one of the ways to build trust is to know a person. You know, this the scripture says those. Uh, those who know your name. But in the biblical sense, a name spoke of character or nature. Right? So God often changed people's names because he spoke into their character. Amen? And so... Before you go on, I was thinking... Uh, I forget which John it is, first or second John. Oh, it might be third John. I don't know. But there's a there's a scripture that says you'll know it. He, he, if I don't know a reference, I ask him because he's he's brainiac. Okay. So, anyways, there's a scripture that says, "How can you love God who you don't see when you don't love people you do see?" You know what book that is? John. <laughs> One of them. I think it's first John. I think so. But anyways. But listen, a lot of times as I'm going through life, I put different words in there. And think about it. How can I trust God, who I don't see, if I don't trust Tim, who I do see? I mean, you can put any word in that and say, wow, Lord, help me to build trust so I can trust you more, right? Because we are in relationship. Okay. So here's a verse that talks about trusting in a person or an individual. It's found in uh, uh, Proverbs 31, which talks about the excellent wife. And it says, an excellent wife, who can find her? For her worth is far above jewels. And verse 11, it says, the heart of her husband trusts in her. So Some days he does. So, <laughs> trust but verify. <laughs> I got that from Ronald Reagan. But, uh, but when you think about it, ideally, at least intentionally, who should we be in closer relationship with? Who should we know the character of better than our spouse? And so that, and I'm sure we're going to be hearing uh, maybe next week about ways to either build that, and I think Jen and Matt touched on it, to build that trust or to decrease it. Amen. So go ahead. All right. Psalms 37, 1 through 6. Do not get upset because of evildoers. Do not be envious of wrongdoers. Anybody been upset with evildoers in our nation lately? Okay. For they... Here's, here's, Don't do that. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> For they will wither quickly like the grass and decay like the green plants. For some people, that withering isn't happening quick enough. Yes. Go ahead. 
I, I had a thought, and I thought I should keep it in my place. Yes, yes. Um, verse 3, trust in the keep Lord. Reading. Keep reading. Trust in the Lord and do good. Live in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. He will bring out your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. All right? So, so we can depend upon God actually to, to, to protect us, okay, and to support his, support us from these, these particular verses. In three, it says, trust in the Lord and do good. When we trust in the Lord, we can do good. When we trust in the Lord, we are able to do good. It's hard to do good sometimes when you're not trusting in the Lord. Live in the land and cultivate faithfulness. What trust and faithfulness live together? Mm-hmm. The yes. more faithful you are, the more the other person has trust in you. And so what do we do? We cultivate faithfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to commend Community Christian Academy. I love Community Christian Academy. And 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 me, I'll say it myself, okay, and Michelle and M- Melissa. We're faithful. Amen. I mean, we're just faithful. There's days we don't want to be faithful. But we have to cultivate that faithfulness. What are you doing? All right. Trust me. I am a little ADHD sometimes. And so I get distracted. So, but, okay, we're on cultivating faithfulness. All right. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. God puts the desires in your heart so he can give them to you. I have this desire in my heart. I don't know if God wants me to have it or not. Well, of course he does. He put it there. I mean, it's godly. I mean, you know, it's like I had this desire to run over this person. He didn't put that there. (laughs) That's not God. Okay. I'm being facetious here. All right. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. So I say, Lord, this is my desire. This I'm going to entrust to you and watch you do it. The thing of it is, he doesn't always do it the way we think he should. He's not done a lot of things in my life the way I thought he should have done them. But then, I mean, how many years have we been in the ministry? 30? Four. 34? Okay. At the time, I'm like, well, I don't know. I know none of you are like this. I'm better. But I used to be a grumbling Christian. I don't know why you did that, that, did that, Lord. I don't know why you did it that way. You know, you could have done it that way. Well, I don't know what you have here, but anybody else ever been there? Yeah. Oh, thank you. The children. The children are here. Oh, okay, I want a dog. Okay? And I was a grumbling Christian. And like, you know, like, God would bring these sermons across my way. These sermons about complaining and grumbling and what God did to the children of Israel in the desert. And I'd be like, ooh. <laughs> better straighten up. <laughs> right? And then I'd do better for a little while. And I'd go, well, I don't know why you did that. I'm not sure why you did that. Oh, hey, this past week I was miffed. It snowed. Oh, my God. Was I in re- 
at school, I was, wow, I was like, I was miffed at God. I know I'm digressing, but that's what I do. I was miffed. Dear God, I have had this lilac bush for almost 10 years, and it's finally got blooms all over it, and you just snowed on it, and it bent over. (laughs) What is the matter with you? (laughs) She's not choking. (laughs) No, she's... I was so miffed. I was, I was, I was, I, that day I walked around going, this, this isn't funny, God. <laughs> what do you really have in mind? I mean, the whole day, it didn't end. Until, to, huh? He's probably laughing, as he could be, all right? And Tim wasn't home, so poor Jennifer got it. Well, your kids got it too. Okay, all right, but but you don't always understand what God's doing. So the night before, I went and cut a bunch and put them in the vase, and I went. And then the day before it was supposed to be twenty-four degrees out, the following day after all the snow, I went and cut more and put them in the vase, and they are right. And all the ones are still on the lilac tree. We're happy. The snow didn't bother us at all. But the snow bothered me. And there's a lesson there, okay? But listen, listen, when we commit our ways to the Lord and trust Him, He's going to do it whether we think He's going to do it or not. Whether it looks like the snow's going to kill it or not. There is a sermon in that, another sermon, but anyways. But when we when we commit our ways to the Lord, you know, he'll do what he says he's going to do. And I love this. He will bring your righteousness as the light and your judgment to the noonday. See, we have no righteousness in ourselves. What is righteousness? Right standing with God. Zip zero nada. We'll show a guy here later on that tried to trust in his own righteousness. All right, but but we don't have any righteousness. Any right standing we have in God is because of God, because of Jesus, and because of what He did. Yep. But see, as we learn to trust Him, and as we learn to walk through these ways, and know that He's going to do what He said He was going to do, as we learn that, He brings our righteousness, which is really His righteousness, into full view for everybody to see. And uh, also, those of those 157 occurrences of trust in, in the in the Bible, there are numerous references to um, things not going too well for those who trust in their riches or trust in their own righteousness or trust in their great fame or whatever. There are numerous occurrences uh, uh, of uh, not so nice things happening. And uh, uh, another one of my favorite uh, trust verses in the Bible is in the book of Psalms. And I want to say Psalm 8, but I'm not for sure. But it says, it says, some trust in chariots and some in horses. 
but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. In other words, you, you might have the biggest army. The fattest wallet. The most influential friends. The, the British had a larger army, a better trained army, more weapons, more resources, more arm, armament, <laughs> more horses, but an appeal to heaven. Our forefather said, we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. Amen. So, so in, along that theme, trust cannot be in our own strength, riches, or righteousness. Uh, Psalm 44, 6 says, I will not trust in my bow, nor will my sword save me. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. We used to sing that song all the time. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Anybody that old? Oh, just the boys are old enough. Oh, okay. We would go around singing it. So anyways, life is a musical. How about, uh, as he said, riches. This is a scripture that says riches won't save us or cannot save us. Psalm, or no, Proverbs 11, 27 through 29. One who diligently seeks good seeks favor, but one who seeks evil, evil will come to him. One who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like the green leaf. One who troubles his own house will inherit wind, and the foolish will be servant to the wise-hearted. All right? So your riches aren't going to save you. Can't trust them. Nope. But this this one, I like this. This is out of Luke. Most of the trust scriptures in the Bible are, are Old Testament, Psalms and, and Proverbs and things. But but this is just an example of um, the fact that our self-righteousness cannot save us. It's the, the story in Luke uh, 18, 9 through 14. says the Pharisee and the tax collector, you know that story? All right. Jesus told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. It's bad enough that people trust in their own righteousness, but when they view you with contempt? Ever been there? Yeah. I'm too real for people, and so I get treated with contempt a lot. All right, it's getting better the older I am because the older you get, they say, "Oh, she's just an old lady." And, you know, <laughs> okay, so here's the story: two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and began praying in this regard to himself: "God, I thank you that I am not like other people, those swindlers, the crooked, the adulterers, or even like this tax collector." I fast twice a week. I pay tithes uh, of all that I get. But the tax collector, he's listening to him, huh? But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to raise his eyes towards heaven, but was beating his chest, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other one. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Don't even, okay, pet peeve. I, I can't use the word hate. I greatly dislike religious people. 
I am not. <laughs> you have never met a religious person, all right? Religious people, all right? I, I like to dress up for Sunday, so, okay, I'm not doing that to look great or anything. That's just what I like to do, all right? But religious people, they think they are the best. They keep all the laws. They know better than you. They, okay, you, you following me? Listen, if somebody walks into my church with a religious spirit, before we take communion, they're out the door. Because religion will kill you. But relationship with Jesus and trust in him will bring you life. Jesus had trouble with the religious people. They crucified him. You know, that's just how it is. But you'll find that religious people trust in themselves, in their ability, in their goodness, in their, like this, this Pharisee, and it does them no good. They're not trusting in the Lord, they're trusting in their own righteousness. All right? You read this one. You read this one. I did. But just um, to, you know, talking about, well, I had to go over there when you pointed to the guy over here. Oh. I didn't want to be that guy. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, she talked about, you know, people that look at you with contempt. And, um, you know, when... When you trust God, and again, one of the definitions of the word trust is to have confidence in. And when you have confidence in God, and that goes more, further than, you should know this by now if you've been in this church any length of time, but it, it, confidence in God is not just, okay, you're God and I have confidence in you. And so if you do it, okay, it's also, it builds self-confidence in, in the fact that God created me to, full, to do something, to be someone. And so I can have confidence in who God created me to be. And oftentimes... Um, when you have that confidence in yourself and or in God who made you and you have, you know, that um, a lot of times the world sees that as arrogance. And so you have to be kind of prepared for that. Not wearing a mask. Like not, like not wearing a mask. Yes. That, that's a good, a good example. So... Uh, now, some people don't do it just to get that reaction out of people. But uh, but if you have confidence in God, that, you know, hey. Uh, and so, uh, so that's an important thing to know as we build trust. And when you have trust in a relationship one to another, people get really, they don't get that. You know? Because they're they're going off of their own experience, okay. So, um, you know, trust is oftentimes uh, seen.
by those who don't have trust in their lives as a negative influence. So you have to be you have to be aware of that, and you can't be you can't be you know off put by that or derailed by that because we're called. We live. We live by our trust relationship with the Lord. That's that's how we exist. So. Well, and one other thing, you know, there will be people that, that really don't like you. Yeah, it's true, Josh. <laughs> There's people that won't like you. But you know what? If, if you ask God to give you an opportunity to connect with that person, Watch him do it. Even if it's just a handshake and a smile. And congratulations, you did well. And then that can open the door. So I wanted to add that. Last last scripture, Psalm 146.3. Do not trust in noblemen, in mortal man, in whom there is no salvation. So God is our ultimate, ultimate protector. He's our ultimate provider. He is the one that we need to look to for every single thing in our lives. Mm-hmm. Trust in men. Oh, this is my last note I had. You can add to that. But uh, this is my thought. Trust in men as much as they trust in God. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yay. <laughs> trust in men as much as they put trust in God. All right, you know who trusts God and who doesn't. And so you can look at somebody and you can put their trust. And we also have the witness of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's some people that look good on the outside, but you get this in the inside, and that's the Holy Spirit saying, "Eh, "Don't put the trust in them yet." All right. And there, you know, there are varying degrees of trust. This is the ultimate. I mean, God is the only person who is 100% trustworthy. There is not a shadow turning with him. You know, uh, even though we may not have experience in all of that area, it's still true. But we are called to to have trust in different amounts and degrees. And de- okay, so um, you say, well, you know, well, that's fine if I if I trust people as much as as they put trust in God. But let, you know, you might say, yeah, but I'm surrounded. I work daily with people who don't. Believe in God, don't want to believe in God. How do I trust that? Well, you trust them. In, in other words, you might not you might not trust them to give you spiritual advice. Okay, but I think I heard I heard someone mention that sometimes without knowing it, they'll give you spiritual advice because God can speak through anyone. Okay. No, I almost said that, but I was... So, but, you know, the people you work with have skills in certain areas. They're proficient in certain areas. And so, you can trust them. 
in those areas. Now, you may not trust them to give you marriage advice, especially if they're on their fifth or seventh spouse, you know, but in, in those areas. And so, you know, the, the thing about, about building trust and, and in people is that that's why you have to get to know them. And as you get to know them, they learn those areas in which they can trust you. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time one of my extended family members, brothers, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, came to me when they had a serious problem and wanted counsel, but they don't want anything to do with the church or anything to do, you know, necessarily. I'd be pretty well off, okay? But they know that they can trust me in those areas. Now, they may not ask me how to fix their car. <laughs> you know, because they'll say, oh, this is a... I was talking to Jerry yesterday, and he said uh, when he sold cars, people would come to him and ask him about you know, a repair or something. And I said, well, if it had been me, I'd have just said, I'll sell you a new one. Just get rid of that one. <laughs> you know, it's broke. Okay? Because, you know, that's that's my solution to that. But anyway, but, but in those areas of trust. And there is definitely, uh, in Second Chronicles 2020, uh, this is the story about Jehoshaphat. Remember? And he was... Uh, there were some enemies come against Israel, and uh, and the Lord had sent uh, a prophet to him and told him that what what was going on and that God was going to fight for them. Okay, so in in Second Chronicles twenty twenty it says they rose up early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa, and when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, "Listen to me, Judah." And inhabitants of Jerusalem, put your trust in the Lord, your God, and you will ensure, endure. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. So when someone has their ear attuned to the voice of the Lord, you can pretty much trust them. We're supposed to. Okay? And it doesn't mean, here's the, here's the thing, too. Say, okay, I trust Pastor Fred. He has my utmost confidence and trust. And he comes to me and he says, God was speaking to me and he said this and that. Okay? The fact that I trust him doesn't necessarily mean I'm just going to do whatever it was he said, but it means I trust him enough to take that to the Lord and say, Lord, Pastor Fred's pretty trustworthy. He said you said this, and I don't want to disregard that. Same with husband and wife. Okay? 
there's many times that I've, you know, thought, oh, God wants us to do this, or I, I, I need to do this, I need to give this person this place of authority or honor, and she'll come to me and she'll say, um, I don't think that's a good idea. Ask me about the conversion ban we had. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Don't. Okay? And so, even though I may be fully convinced that this is a great idea, this is a God idea, that caution, now I may still do it, but that caution will, will cause me to take that to the Lord because I know she cares from God. Okay? And so that's that's trust. Trust but verify. <laughs> and you always verify with the head hot chill. Alright. He, he's the long he's the long-winded one. I'm done. So let's pray. <laughs> oh, he's done too. Okay. I had two scriptures. You had the whole picture. Please gavel them. <laughs> let's pray. Father, we are so grateful yes. for who you are. We are so grateful yes, that we Jesus. can know your character. And because we know your character, we can confidently mm -hmm. trust and rely on you. Mm -hmm. Father, I pray that the, the words that we've spoken today will, will just uh, resonate in our hearts and minds as we go through this week. I pray, Lord, that, um, that any of us who are having uh, any issues with, with trusting you, I pray yes, that Jesus. you'll reveal to us why, so that it can be remedied. And Father, I thank you for each one of these people. I thank you, Lord, that you blessed me with two churches. I, I am the most blessed person in the world, and, and I want to thank you for that. And so thank you for this opportunity to, to speak with Tim today, and, and uh, just, Lord, impart your heart. And thank you, Lord, that we can just be real people, and that you work through real people. And I'm grateful for that. Yes. So, finish off. Anything you want to pray? Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, thank you. God bless you. What's happening? Oh. Oh. You folks out there in, in Cyberland, if you've never trusted in God, do it. The best way to do it is to ask Jesus to come into your life, forgive you of your sins, to take control of your life, and he will lead you in a path so that your righteousness will be in Jesus. And I tell you, you will never, ever, 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 ever regret that decision. Amen. So God bless you, and I hope you enjoyed this. Bye-bye. <laughs>